Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another installment of Honor Kings and Sons TV podcast. I am streaming live here on TikTok, and I'm excited for everybody who's been tuning in. You know, it's February, it's Black History Month, and uh, I know right now there are so many uh, people of African descent, African Americans, um, you know, biracial mix uh, with African descent that are, you know, tuning in as well as we have people from all over the world that's just doing things to promote black excellence. I have on my black excellence shirt today. And, uh, you know, uh, there's so much behind black culture and African-American culture and African culture that's just uh, so rich and so beautiful uh, as a person that is faith-based and has a, you know, faith-based platform. It does get uh, challenging to explain to a lot of people how it's very important um, to be authentic in all ways, not just uh, your faith. And so uh, some people, you know, because of the narrative that's in the media about, um, you know, how um, black people take uh, their culture too serious and how we're always trying to um, put ourselves in the in the public eye to talk about our history you know, those statements um, are just so um, obnoxious, you know, um, when we talk about nationalism, when we talk about pride, you know, uh, it's, it's it, within the definition, um, it's, you know, it's everybody's right to, to showcase the pride of their nation, their culture, their history. Uh, I think we get um, a lot of definitions mixed up when we start talking about stereotype and discrimination, when we start talking about racism. A lot of people don't even know that there are other things that exist, like you have colorism, you have ethnic racism. These are the type of things that exist um, that um, have plagued uh, communities, especially the African-American community for a long period of time because of the a structure that was instilled in slavery. And, you know, let me let me get into a few things uh, today. I I firmly believe that um, our culture as black people, our culture has not been about us being black and divided. It's more about us becoming black and subsided, which means that over time, um, whether it's internally uh, the ignorance of our of our own um, pushing a narrative that aids to all other nations to benefit and profit off, uh, off of us, or it's the ignorance of others who, um, you know, just buy into um, the stigma that's been on African-Americans and Africans, um, you know, since, um, you know, the transatlantic slave trade up until now, that people refuse to see us outside of another narrative. Uh, whichever way you want to spin on it, uh, we just, you know, have been the ragdoll uh, amongst uh, nations for a long period of time. And it's very unfair because, you know, uh, our history uh, does get attacked uh, the most out of everybody else's history. Um, you know, there are a lot of things in the United States of America that if you study the history of, it is a legit fact that these things were created for the disenfranchisement and the, the sectioning off of African-Americans, those of African descent, um, to not thrive. Recently, I um, was uh, listening onto a podcast. It was just a clip scrolling through my feed. And uh, there was, a, there was a, a statement that was made when it talked about uh, the more well-behaved blacks 
in the world were allowed to were allowed um you know back in the 50s 60s 70s and 80s they were allowed to come into the country um because uh, uh there wouldn't be there wouldn't be um any issues with them in terms of um abiding to the system um in terms of uh them trying to disrupt um any agendas or make any form of of um you know um impact in the culture and so they were given access to housing they were given access to real estate they were given access to business credit um but the ones who were born and were the children and the descendants of slaves they were still marginalized and you know written off and put to the side this is this is so much you know when when you get into uh, african american history it's very unfortunate uh, the different things uh, that I can go through. Um, a lot of people don't even know that the history of the background check. The background check was created to make sure that uh, African Americans who were blue collar workers um, did not take in the jobs um, that uh, wanted to be for whites only. Um, some people argue this and say, uh, no, the reason for the background check um, was just uh, uh, something to um, you know, balance out the ratio of people who had criminal records. But if you go back um, and you study criminal history, the 13th Amendment, you know, um, pretty much was um, something that was put in place that you could only keep a slave if he is under, um, you know, a criminal infraction. If he committed a crime, you know, you can um, have him do the labor of a slave again um, uh, through that act. <clears throat> so, you know, there's just a lot of things like, and and I study world history. I'm I'm a world history fanatic. I was actually a world history teacher, uh, my entire teaching career. There was three subjects I taught. It was either music, mathematics, or world history. Um, so I don't have to lie about that. And when you study world history, you study like the history of immigration. You will be surprised to know that um, you know this whole the whole structure of 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 ethnic racism, colorism, um, it goes much deeper than even um, African-Americans. Um, up until the early 1900s, you still had uh, Italians, uh, Asians, people coming in from South America, um, you know, Southeast Asia. When they were coming into the United States, um, they were experiencing what we would call uh, racial tension. Uh, it wasn't until... We started to see large markets of African-American groups um, in the Midwest, um, in the far west, like California and those areas, that um, there was, uh, I guess you would say, an opening or an invite um, for people of uh, complexions to be identified as under Caucasian or white or Anglo-Saxon. So for a long period of time, Italians, Irish people, um, people from Southeastern Europe, um, they were, you know, heavily mistreated by, uh, you know, you would say the, the colonial, um, you know, United States citizens, um, you know, way back in the 1800s, up until you had um, African Americans and Asians um, and some Native Americans, uh, you know, really opening up markets and opening up avenues um, in the United States. And so, um, to incorporate and to make sure that African Americans did not overthrow, you know, the markets, 
um, they started to take in people and, 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 and classify them as white Caucasian. So you might think that, oh, this, 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 is, this is, you know, some um, Nation of Islam, Farrakhan, Muslim, you know, knowledge, Dr. Umar type stuff. No, this is, this is public domain. This is stuff that you can go and research. So uh, when it comes to talking about, you know, just the state of uh, black culture and uh, those who, you know, are of African descent, um, you know, it's this for me to be the person to unpack everything. I mean, it would take a lifetime. There's people who've been talking about this for their entire lifetime and their and their narrative and and their dissertation of this of this topic, you know, still continues to be challenged, still continues to be halted, still continues to receive pushback. You think about people like Cornel West, you know, you think about people like I wouldn't even go that high. You think about people um, as as somebody like a like a Dave Chappelle, right, who who um, actively, um, you know, talks about black culture historically, socially in a way that brings people into the conversation and you think about how these people have been consistent talking about this for years and years and years and years, and you would think that we would have a, a, a place or a standpoint where it's like it's settled. People understand, now let's build together. But, you know, every every year there's a new wave of controversy. There's just, there's, there's, there's always going to be um, something that combats, you know, it's, 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 it's the nature of, of how of how the world is, you know. I mean, I'm a faith-based person. I, I, I'm not an apologetic, um, I would say, but I've defended the faith over the years as being a Christian. And just when you think, okay, I don't have to explain anymore, now I can just build and grow with people. Uh, you can't because there's always a new research, there's always a new study that combats the 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 the, the existence of Jesus Christ and all this stuff. It's just it's one of those things that it's just going to be there, but you just have to be a person that is of thick skin and a person that is willing to continue to share to people what it is that um, you want to you want to communicate um, as you grow in love with people. So, you know, um, and this is not even my my rant for Black History Month. Um, I firmly believe that when it comes to uh, being being black in America or just, you know, knowing that I'm African-American, knowing I'm of African descent, uh, it's, it's just history in general, you know. Um, what A lot of people, when you get into the business world, you study the history of business, you learn more and more that racism plays into the success of many, many businesses and industries and world systems. So it's effective to have everything about it in full effect. It's effective to have everything about it that hurts um, black people, African-Americans, those of African descent. Uh, you know, it, 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 it helps for us to hurt, if that makes sense. Um, it helps for us to stay ignorant. It helps for us to be super talented, super athletic, super smart, super skilled, super witty, super funny. It helps for us to take those skills that can that can build wealth for families and generation and to twist it and to taint it and to um, make it fraudulent, make it criminal, make it whatever the case may be. Um, it benefits a lot of different people. A lot of people's pockets stay fat whenever uh, we we act on those narratives and what's the the messed up part is is that because because 
because before any of that stuff was made for profit, it was actually part of our story. And we can't even tell our story without somebody trying to make a profit. Makes it even more messed up, man. I, I really believe that uh, we just need to get to a place um, where where we can be able to build as is and that the powers that be, you know, um, don't fight as hard for control. I think if we really boil down to it, there is it's just, it's it's control. It's human nature, you know, for us to dominate and have dominion. But it, it's control. Like, uh, you know, uh, I don't even have to get into the ignorance that has that has been used by people of other cultures, you know, against black people like like things like go back to your country and things like that. I mean, like that's that's not rocket science. If every black person left the United States of America. Good luck, America. <laughs> and it's not rocket science. As a matter of fact, if if any if any group of people, especially that come in the working class and significantly help the working class thrive, like prime example, if you take everybody of Latino descent, South American descent, out of America right now, good luck, America. Like let's let's not even play here. And like I say, it's it's not about racism. Racism just plays into the narrative that allows you know um, different systems um, and 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 different uh, powers that be to thrive. That's it. Racism plays into the narrative, like because it's it's not rocket science. I, one of the things that bothers me when when we talk about certain topics in the world is the fact that it's not rocket science. You can sit down and write this on paper. You can sit down and draft this, and it would be clear as day that that you know all of this stuff is systematic. It's it's not rocket science, uh, but you know uh, this is just where we are in the world. It's two thousand twenty four. You know, we still have all types of things going on. We have police brutality. We have people being written off in the marketplace, um, people being disenfranchised. We still have gentrification going on. We still have uh, race uh, acts of racism going on, bigotry. We still have all those things going on. And to be honest with you, I'm at the point now where where it's not even that the message of of of, of our people have not been accepted, respected, and come across, it's just simply behaviors, it's behavior patterns, you know, as long as there is a narrative out there to, to push these acts to manifest into real life, then they're going to continue to happen, and, and it won't be because we're not doing our part, I think African Americans, people of African descent, black people, we have made it very clear that uh, 99% of the time, we are not the violent ones, um, 99% of the time, we are not the ones trying to destroy systems. Um, you know, uh, we're, we're not the ones trying to overthrow. It's, it's just a byproduct of who we are to make something out of nothing, to be phenomenal, to be awesome, to be creative, uh, uh, to just, you know, dominate like anybody else would want to dominate. And, um, I mean, it's, 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 it's to the point now where it's like, it's, it's very set in stone that African Americans are not what ha- are not what we have been driven to be by media for a, a century. You know, uh, one of my one of my favorite things that I learned in history 
was The Birth of a Nation. When I learned about that film and the history behind that film, um, it's it's amazing how that was Hollywood's um, first first big production that was released. Um, President Woodrow Wilson called it a masterpiece of American culture. Uh, you know, and if you watch that film, um, pretty much that film, uh, and 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 I and like I said, this is all public domain. You can look this up. That film pretty much was the blueprint for like American cinema for a very long time. Um, and when I say blueprint, meaning like 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 the structure, um, um, the scenery, how employees were paid, um, structure of actors, extras. A lot of people don't know this, but all the African Americans in that movie, um, they were they were uh, you know extras, you know obviously none of them none of them had significant roles from uh, except from the ones that um, you know they're either being attacked or they're either being um, you know mocked of some sort or they're being represented as uh, beasts and thieves and all that stuff. Uh, none of them none of them were allowed to talk or socialize with the white actors there were actually uh white actors who were dressed in blackface um that were impersonating the actual you know blacks that were on set um so so uh if you watch that film uh pretty much the blacks that were on set did not even like do any significant acting uh, it was the white actors who were in blackface. They did a lot of the lead parts and representation of them. Um, and the blacks that were in that film were not allowed to talk or socialize. And that was the norm, I think, up until, if I'm not mistaken, up until 1949. I have to go back 1949 or like in the 50s, 1954. Uh, a lot of African-Americans were not allowed to have um, co-star roles. And if they did land a co-star role, they were not allowed to interact with um, with the white actors. Uh, you do have some black and white films where you know there were there were African Americans who who had who had roles and they had lines, but they were not considered co-stars, right? They they, they that was just not a thing for them. Um, and you know, like I say, when you just look at that, you look at to where we are now. Like it's not rocket science, like you know, and even 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 when you when you look at when Donald Trump was uh, president, and you know, if, if people don't know by now how politics works, like it, it's not a win for win for nobody. Every there's somebody that will get the short end of the stick um, when it comes to the presidency. So when I looked at Donald Trump in office, I I honestly did not look at Donald Trump. Uh, from a racist standpoint, um, simply because of this. I looked at Donald Trump as he's in the president's seat. And the president has more, the president has more of an agenda to maintain and keep for the powers that be than for the people. That's, 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 that's a fact. The second thing is, is that if people were counting on Donald Trump to be any other thing than Donald Trump, how he how he talks in private, how he talks in, how he talks in public with his colleagues, and they were expecting him to be anything else but you know who he is. Then you know you 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 shot yourself in the foot with that. Um, you know, so any comments he made about Puerto Ricans, about Mexicans, about black people, about any race, 
and stuff like that and how you spend it and the clips that they put on him. All of that stuff is systematically planned and driven. Whether the man is racist or not, he wouldn't be the first white guy that was outwardly racist, you know? Um, and, and, and we have to understand that all of this is a big game. It's, this is a big game, you know? So for people who were hurt when he was president and they felt his remarks toward, um, other, um, other nationalities other than himself, I mean, come on fam, like it's 2024, like, you know, being butthurt over that is, 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 is a waste of time. Uh, I, I do believe, though, that um, now more than ever, with it being 2024, this is a grace period like none other than, than no other time in history. I would say from 2008 to now, you know, I believe that God has given the earth one of the best grace periods on planet earth. And I'm going to tell you why. Because the access to wealth and the ability to obtain wealth from illegal means without 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 facing um, um, criminal accusation or without facing criminal investigation, you know, simply because of the color of your skin or or where you live. It's it's the most phenomenal time of all. You know, you got white kids becoming millionaires on Twitch and TikTok. You got black kids becoming millionaires on Twitch and TikTok. You got Hispanic, Asian people getting into real estate, building wealth, buying land. This is a beautiful time. You know, I wasn't born in the 80s. I was born in 1990. You know, I was born in the 90s. But, you know, I saw the aftermath of what happened in the 80s in, in North America, you know, with drugs, the war on drugs, with Reagan, you know, the era of the drug kingpins and gangs, you know, terrorizing neighborhoods and schools and, 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 um, you know, just that whole generation that came from, uh, the, those who fought in war and their parents were alcoholics, you know, having PTSD and, you know, um, mom having to work two, three jobs. And then, you know, the whole thing with drugs, you know, you had kids, you had kids back in the eighties, as young as 15 years old, becoming millionaires within two years of being in the drug game, uh, you know, but it was illegitimate money, you know, uh, and, and, you know, that's a whole nother conversation for a whole nother day, but that era is never coming back. And there's tons of documentaries. You can watch a whole bunch of documentaries during that time, you know, the era of the kingpins and the cartels and, you know, the operations in Nicaragua and stuff like that, different um, uh, civil wars going on in South America and Africa and the supplying of weapons and drug smuggling and weapon smuggling and po political corruption and, you know, the 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 post-apartheid. And I mean, I can just go on and on and on and on. When you just pay attention to that era from like 1950 to 19, from like 1950 to like 1995, if you pay attention to those 45 years of what went on in the world, it was a treacherous time. But you have people out there making money. But see, it was super hard back then to move that money. Uh, and, and the reason why it was super hard to move that money is because it's too much corruption. 
So if you had a person that that became a millionaire for selling drugs, he had to pay off cops, pay off politicians. If a cop got greedy, or or if you had a a a, a dirty you know agent in the DEA, CIA, FBI, whatever, or you had you know entire precincts involved in stuff. If you had a military intel, whatever the case, if people just started getting greedy, then what what happened? Everybody starts snitching. Um, you know, people people especially in the black culture, hip hop culture, when people, you know, bring up snitching and stuff like that, man, let me tell you something. You watch some of these documentaries, you do your research, black folks wasn't the only people snitching on black folks. And snitching, snitching is something that is bigger than what we think. You have white people that snitch on each other. You have Asian people that snitch on. Snitching has nothing to do with race. Snitching has everything to do with character. Snitching is not a race thing. Snitching is a character thing. It's, it's, it's you know, like I said, it's not rocket science. Um, it's, 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 it's the fact that, you know, um, people agree to do something and there's good or bad consequences. Once the good consequences have run out and everybody's backed against the corner, the person to jump ship first, most likely taking everybody down with them. And, and that's it. And so um, um, when we come to today, 2024, like the aftermath of, of all of that turmoil, right, you know, has 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 left um, good, bad, ugly, whatever you want to name it, and in all types of communities. Every community is affected by that. You know, um, whites who, uh, white people who snitch on each other, their community is affected by that. Blacks who snitch on each other, their community is affected by that. Asian, South American, you like, you know, Canadian, like whatever. You know, anybody who snitches, your community, your culture, your nation is affected by that, depending on whatever sector, industry, or set of business or whatever is going on. But, you know, I digress on that topic and I've moved back to how we're talking about wealth and stuff like that and how the opportunity is there and it's amazing and it's awesome. Let me tell you something. Uh, you Listen, you can become a legitimate businessman. There's more avenues to make clean money than any other time in the world. Uh, as a matter of fact, I think I think within, honestly, I think within... I will be bold in saying this. I think within a decade, I think unless the powers that be make it their business for this to stay in existence, I think selling drugs won't exist anymore because people would have transferred to selling it for profit legally. I mean, the the opium war or the war on opium that they have right now, quote unquote, um, which is really just, you know, uh, uh, anybody who knows their history knows this. It's 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 sad to say it in this way, but literally, what happened to blacks with heroin and crack back in the the sixties, seventies, and eight? Well, crack is in the eighties, obviously. But what what happened with black people with drugs and addiction in the sixties, seventies, and eighties? That's that's just literally happening right now with white folks and opium, even though it drugs drug addiction is drug addiction anybody can be addicted to drugs it's just how you spin the narrative on the amount of people who are addicted to the drug you know but anyways since we have this war on opium right now 
you know, um, we have that going on, and it's largely in the Midwest, not so much on the East Coast. But like, like I said, unless the powers that be make it their business that the illegal drug business stays in power, within a decade, ain't nobody gonna be selling drugs illegally because markets are opening up for you to sell it legally. They started with weed. You telling me they ain't gonna push heroin soon? And heroin is already heroin goes back the furthest. Opium goes back the furthest in world history. That drug goes back the furthest. Even though, if you do your research, you do find you do find cocaine um, in world history. As a matter of fact, um, I learned this when I was um, studying. Oh my God, I forgot the gentleman's name. Um, Oh my God, he's he was a Moorish scholar. I can't remember his name right now, but uh, he found a documentary called um, um, "The Story of the Cocaine Mummies." Um, this is an actual documentary. You can find it on YouTube. You guys look it up. The story of the cocaine mummies. It's about how um, um, you know um, pharaohs and Africans who are from Egypt. How they um, they traveled through South America, they traveled through North America. You know those systems were already in place. So the whole story about Columbus, we've been knew that was a fluke. Um, you know, um, it's it's no reason to lie or even sound like I'm I'm being a black radical. It's just public domain. You can go look that up. Uh, but yeah, it, there are samples of cocaine being found in the hair of pharaohs and of Egyptians and people from Africa. Um, you know, long before cocaine was something that was being found, um, in places like South America and even places like North America. But like I said, you know, I digress again. I don't want to continue to drift off. If you look, man, drugs are going to be a legal commodity within a decade. They're just, I mean, we already know that drugs were, were something that was being used and you, and see, here's the thing. Saying drugs is actually the wrong term. Saying drugs is actually the wrong term because we've given negative connotations and made it a derogatory term that we use for everything. I mean, we used to have drugstores back in the day. Like, it was said on the wall, drugstore, Kelly's Drugstore, whatever. And we have to understand that we've given that word drug a negative and derogatory connotation for decades and decades and decades and this is why it's easy to spin the narrative about drugs because cocaine was used in what 60% of american products um between the 1930s um up until the 1970s right um the whole thing with placebos you know and 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 sugar based pills and all that stuff and let me tell y'all something anytime a market is about to dwindle, but it's profitable. They just shift it. They change the name. They change the branding. They change the location. They change the packaging. They change the marketing. I mean, this is this is not old. This is not new stuff. People, this people been doing this a long period of time. So, like I said, unless the powers that be want illegal drugs to to continue to come in and be sold and yada 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 and all that stuff. That stuff is going to be legal, man. And what's really messed up is the people who's doing, you know, a life sentence or 30 years plus for selling weed back in the day, selling cocaine, selling heroin. 
I mean, I'm pretty sure a lot of them that's doing 40 years for selling weed are very pissed. Everybody has been saying that for the last 10 years that you got you. I remember in 2014. I'll never forget. I was watching the news 2013, 2014. There was two kids from the University of Pennsylvania. They made the first app for 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 a weed dispensary. It was all over the news. It was uh, they were going to put out an IPO, make themselves a publicly traded company, and it was going to skyrocket. I don't know how they're doing today. I'd have to I'd have to look it up um, and see if there's probably a video on YouTube. And can you imagine a guy who was moving large large pounds of weed back in the day? Got caught, got a 34 year sentence. Don't matter if he white, black, Mexican, Asian, don't matter. And now you got two, what they would call punk kids. You got two punk kids from Ivy League school that create a weed dispensary company, create an app for it, and on the verge of becoming millionaires. And this guy stuck in prison. So, like, this is just, this is the world that we live in, ladies and gentlemen. Like I say, on a higher level, it has nothing to do with race. It has everything to do with being subsidiary. Um, you know, that's that's just what it is. Uh, so, you know, I digress. Uh, I can go on and on and on and on and on. And uh, I will say this for those who made it all the way to the end. If you are faith-based, I encourage you. Um, to get involved in your history. Um, Hispanic Heritage uh, Month starts, you know, in, in, in August. It ends in September. Um, after, um, you know, um, Black History Month, right? We know that that is all of February, right? Um, you got, you got um, indigenous, you know, um, indigenous, um, uh, I don't want to. I don't want to say it wrong and disrespect anybody from um, from that descent, but um, you know the celebration of of Native American and Indian culture. I mean Asian culture, like you name it. Like literally, just go study history. Go study world history, and you'll be surprised. And and have your history book or your history app next to your Bible and line things up. You'll be surprised, man. A lot of these things are systematic. It plays into a narrative. So that, you know, the powers that be can thrive financially um, and keep doing business by by devising systems and plans for us to not come together in no way, shape or form, you know, um, and look at all the world leaders. Every time you stare at a world leader that was going to bring everybody together, look how they savagely died. I mean, let's just exclude the black people that were killed. Let's just let's pretend let's pretend that that was that nobody cared about that. Well, I'm, well, actually pretending in this case, because there actually are people that didn't care about Mal- Malcolm X, Martin Luther King and the others. But uh, I digress. But let's just pretend that that was, you know, whatever. And and pay attention to all other world leaders who tried to bring everybody together. At some point, they were savagely taken out. Because when you bring everybody together, uh, what happens is is that um, it, it's spiritual in nature. Like the earth moves a different way. Why? Because we're all connected. If we're all spiritual beings, right, that means that we would be one spirit. The earth will respond to us different. You know, um, shoot, God will respond to us different. If you look at the story of the Bible, 
there's only three times I think like uh, I've I always forget the number. But if you study the Word of God, there's only a couple of times in the Bible where the Bible says that God stood up off His throne and He was moved by what was going on in the earth. The first time was with the Tower of Babel because the people were in unity. And if you study Scripture, God was not upset that they were unified. He just He just saw that what they were unified about was actually going to hurt them, not hurt him, and not be a threat to heaven. It was going to hurt themselves. So that is why he did what he did by scrambling the tongues of all the people. You know, so so we have to understand that that if the human race was in unity, one spirit, the earth would respond different. The uh, uh, the heavens would respond different. God will respond different. It's a powerful thing to have people in unity. So when you have a person that raises up and they're on the verge of putting, you know, all people together, what happens? They get taken out, you know, um, and 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 I don't even think that that God sets it up um, that way. I think man understands from the standpoint of God that when you have unity um, it's a dangerous thing. Um, but like I said, man, I can keep going on and on, but I love everybody that's showing me love on my podcast. Shout out to all the people that's downloading my episodes. Uh, you know, I, I, I want to be global with this thing. Um, my first couple of, uh, episodes from my recorded seasons in the past, um, I had people from Germany, uh, downloading my stuff, people from Cali. Uh, so I appreciate everybody. Um, shout out to, you know, uh, so many people that supported my podcast, um, that showing me love, um, uh, you know, honor Kings and sons, um, the brand, you know, uh, uh, you have, you have Jackson Academy that shows a lot of love. Um, there's a lot of local businesses and, and sponsors and partners I'm going to be working with, um, within the next year or so, um, that have shown some love. Uh, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's beautiful what's going on. Uh, so I'm looking to uh, really pull in those numbers. You guys make sure that you uh, follow me at Honor Kings and Sons on Instagram. Make sure that you're following me at D Jones HKS on YouTube. Um, I have actually two YouTube channels. I have Honor Kings and Sons TV, um, and then I have my my Honor Kings and Sons podcast platform. So uh, you can find me when you type in Honor Kings and Sons on YouTube. Um, so be able to check me out there. And uh, I have my episodes I'm going to be putting out for the Dark Files. I have my next set of episodes I'm going to be dropping. Um, you know, my comic series. I have so many different little segments I'm putting out. Uh, so be sure to definitely uh, follow me. So uh, appreciate you guys. Uh, love everybody. And, uh, you know, make sure that you uh, continue to download and stream the podcast. Tell a friend about it. And uh, uh, I'm looking forward to what God is going to do. I'm at the end of the year trying to get to that 100,000 subscriber mark. I know I'm, I know it's going to hit pretty soon. So you guys continue to support me. All right. Take care. This is Darian Jones on the Kings and Sons TV podcast. And we out.